Um, I had all, all sorts of personal problems, uh, health issues, uh, gastrointestinal problems that put me in the hospital multiple times, uh, all born out of stress and anxiety and not having sufficient coping mechanisms around life. I didn't know how to handle life. I, I was only programmed to handle it one way, thinking it's going to be head on and, and I'm going to have to figure this out and, and I'm going to have to control it. And in my very obsessive compulsive personality, I'm going to find the way. And, and it was very kind of like regimented and structured. And, and, and this is the way that I identified in the world, being a, a, a very efficient structural engineer, mind you, which is supposed to keep things very linear in nature, but life is anything but linear. So for me, my, my sort of, you know, moment, my, my arrival was like, holy cow, everything that I know to, to do, the way that I know to function in the world is not working. And no matter how many iterations of the same thing I try, it just doesn't work. There's got to be another way. Hi, I'm Victoria Dumay, your host of the Fueled by Gratitude podcast. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Fueled by Gratitude has the pleasure of interviewing and having raw, authentic conversations with amazing guest speakers who are entrepreneurs, coaches, business professionals, and everyday amazing human beings. Each individual is here to share their testimonies and principles to living a life in which you are not just surviving, but a life in which you are thriving in. And today, I have the pleasure of having on the episode, Cesar Cabral. He is a life coach. Coach, certified personal trainer and yoga instructor with passion for serving others and helping them heal from their suppressed hurts and self-limiting beliefs. I loved today's conversation. I'm going to go ahead and apologize for a little bit of audio issues that I tried my hardest and actually delayed having this go live because I thought I could fix it, but it was way too good of an interview to not hit the publish button for. And I wanted you guys to at least, at least hear the, the, the interview, the conversation with Caesar and this amazing, incredible story. Make sure you stick to the end to hear about it because what, what we share and what I was able to witness when I was meeting with Caesar um, is evidence of the work that I highly promote, the ev evidence of the work that I do, evidence of the work that Caesar does. It is an incredible story. I believe it's almost like witnessing a miracle, but it shows what happens when you are in alignment, true authentic alignment, and with your vision, when you create clarity, when you clear your your body and your emotions of the blocks that are holding you back from truly creating a life where you are thriving in and a life where you're truly in alignment with love and abundance. And I don't want to keep going on in this introduction, but again, I apologize for a little bit of audio issue on my end. When Caesar speaks, it's super clear. For some reason that day, my audio, my mic was not functioning well. So please um, forgive me for that audio <laughs> um, hiccup there. And But I, I know you'll be blessed in this interview and in this episode, listening to what it means to be living a thriving life, spiritually aligned, and all the incredible things that can happen and manifest for you when you do this work. So enjoy today's episode with Cesar Cabral. 
All right, everyone, welcome to another episode on the Fueled by Gratitude podcast. I have been here just chatting and talking with my friend Cesar Cabral, which I'm going to say it like in a Latin way here, because <laughs> I believe you're Latin, right? I am. I was born in the Dominican Republic, predominantly raised here, but I am from the Caribbean. All right, well, we have that in common. I don't think you know that I'm half Dominican. I'm half Dominican Korean. Really? I did not know that. <laughs> Yes. Then. Yes, yes, yes. So we're 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 uh, we're related probably somehow. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely related in our energies and and our passions. That's for sure. And I'm super excited to have you on, Caesar, on this field by gratitude episode because I want to just kind of I love bringing people like you in your your passions and your mission in life and creating and helping people live in their true authenticity and a life that they're thriving in. So I'm really grateful for the work that you're doing. And I wanted to just have a really amazing, raw, authentic conversation about what it looks like to live a thriving life for you and how that might, you know, look for the people that are listening and, you know, to share your story. And I hope that we can get to the amazing miracle that I got to witness at the Panera Bread, you guys, you have to stay stay on this inter this interview and this episode long enough to hear this incredible manifestation that happened that I got to witness. That I literally at one point was like, "Is there? Am I on candid camera? Like, is this really happening?" <laughs> and so I hope that we get to share a little bit about that. But without taking up too much time here. I want you to just say hi, share a little bit about who you are, your story, why you got into the work that you do, and you know what are you calling in, and what, what can you encourage people listening to uh, today? Sure thing. So I'll start at the beginning. Um, I am a uh, a wellness coach uh, today, practicing wellness coach. Been doing this uh, just for a few months. Um, I'll talk a little bit about my own journey to to get to being a wellness coach. Um, I am also a yoga practitioner and I offer yoga on a weekly basis tied to our local church here in Lake Nona called Spring of Life as a community offering entirely free to the community. I do that with my wife. Um, and then we're also retreat organizers around uh, transformative uh, spaces and opportunities to uh, reconnect with thyself and things like this, which I know you're all too familiar with. But a little bit on why, as to, I always say, like, what's my why beneath my why? Um, I was a practicing engineer up until about December 2020. Um, I had my own small company that I operated from my home uh, for about 12 years or so and was a practicing engineer as a staff engineer um, for like 10 years prior. Um, so that was vocationally what I was doing, which is entirely different to what I'm doing today. Um, missionally, though, I was not aligned. So as far as far as as what I understand it to be heart centered and being a heart centered individual and how important that is to be in true alignment with yourself and who you were intended to be. Um, I was a good engineer. I was a functional engineer. I was an efficient engineer. I was not a happy one. Um, and very seldom a, as a human being, no matter what we're doing vocationally, are we ever um, told to seek happiness in the truest sense of the word. We think it's more so going to be, uh, you know, um, kind of like a vision of what happiness is supposed to or intended to be. You know, the white picket fence, maybe the the beautiful significant other, whomever that is for you, uh, maybe traveling the world or having a really uh, 
stashed up a financial account, which could be part of an abundance type of uh, mindset or lifestyle, but it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a cognizant to, to being happy, like in a truest sense of the word. So for me, it's been a, a really long journey, journey um, the entirety of my life to get to where I am right now. Um, and it really starts early on with like familial dysfunction, which I know a lot of folks can relate to, um, past traumas, which informed and programmed low self-esteem, insecurities, vulnerability, or really lack of vulnerability. Because I always say like, had I truly been vulnerable enough, even in a counseling space or a coaching space to uh, get a lot of this stuff that I was being programmed into out, then possibly I would have made a lot of uh, life decisions that would have entirely been different than one that, than the paths I chose. But um, that's part of the journey. I think that's what's so exciting to me about, you know, the, the stage of my life that I'm currently at, meeting awesome people like yourself and, and Pastor Josh, which we'll eventually get to in that beautiful moment of synchronicity. Um, I think the true magic starts to happen when, when somebody like myself begins to create a sense of awareness, which is something that we'll eventually head, head on to in terms of what I can possibly recommend for someone listening to this, um, is just having awareness of self and awareness of your existing programming and awareness of your emotional space. Um, just so, so many things that we need to be aware of that we sort of tune out and are almost numbed into uh, on a day-to-day -day basis because you're not taught these things in high school or middle school or elementary school. And unless you pursue it as a vocation, maybe, you know, in, in academia, in college, you, you're not really going to know about anything having to do with conscientiousness and awareness. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like a foreign subject. It's like, what the heck are you talking about? And, and that's what it's been for me. Like the last nine months that I've been on this journey, nine months, I, I would say nine months, like, you know, certifying as a wellness coach to, you know, feel credentialed enough to talk about these things. Um, but it's been a lifelong journey for me to get here for sure. I can fill in some gaps. I know I have a, my, my wife calls it a spigot mouth. So once you get me going, uh, it's kind of hard to get me to stop, but just, uh, you know, what, 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 what else uh, do you think would, uh, would be uh, entertaining enough to share? I don't know. There's so many things I can d dive into, you know? Yeah, I love that you're talking about awareness. I'm huge on awareness. And, you know, for me, the word awareness has, there's many words that I use interchangeably. I guess that's, that's the correct way to say it. And one is reveal. And my very first book and my very first course is reveal to heal. And uh, my book is reveal, love, manifest. And revealing is also the illumination of many things that are inside of us. So I'm huge. So I, I'm totally in alignment with you when you talk about just bringing awareness because so many people are just working on autopilot. Like they're just, there's, a, there's a, you and I know about the unconscious program. We're just doing what we're programmed. And if we can even just use the word indoctrination, right? We were indoctrinated to be a certain way. And I know that when I started this work, it was more of the unlearning, you know, and then to become and, but it's unlearning to get back to who we really are, who we were really designed to be. And so I love, uh, you know, what you're sharing and, and what you're, where we're going here with this conversation, because I'm all about being an advocate and being a source of transformation for people. And most people think like, oh, you know, when I say the word like source of transformation and they think that they have to transform 
into a completely different version. Yes. But the cool thing is, is it's the version that you're transforming to is your true authentic self. It's right. really the undoing of the versions that you have been that haven't been true. So when we think about change, we think about transformation, we, we think it's a, the scary thing or very hard thing. And what is cool, and I know that you can agree with this, but the work that we do is that actually it's exciting because you're going back to the self. You're going back to who you truly are. And then if you can see that with the awareness that you're talking about is you'll start to enjoy and, and start to see that. You enjoy things that you didn't think you wouldn't, but it's because you are getting back to that true self. And that's what's fun about this, right? Like at the end of the day, it can seem scary. And I think like what's scary about it is because it's not something that's accepted by, by society. You know, the boundaries that you get to create, people don't like the boundaries. People, people don't like that. You know, you're, you're, you're the unbecoming is the dissociate dissociation of societal norms and societal accept culture right and that's why it can seem scary but man i'm telling you that on the other side is way more joyful and way more you know more excitement so if you're listening right now that's what we are going to do today is just really talk about like what that journey could look like for you and i really want caesar to just Kind of give some tips too on like how that can start, how that journey can start. Because I know that for all of us, we got here differently. Um, you shared a little bit that you were in, you know, a career path and you had, you were, that was you, what was your life was about. I'm pretty sure you chose that, you know, because you thought that's what you wanted to do or you had, you had passion for it at one point and, and that's what you chose. For me, my transitional moment happened because of divorce that, you know, shook me, that rocked me and made me look inside of myself. I had to, I had to go inside of myself to be like, well, who am I now? Like all these visions and goals and dreams that I had built with this person, now they're all gone. Now I had to, to face, look within myself and be like, what now? You know, what, what am I going to do now? And it allowed me to create from that space but for everybody that could be different, you know, so when did, how long have you been doing this work and how did you take that leap? And so if someone's listening right now, maybe they're like, yeah, I'm happy in certain areas, but I'm not, and I don't know what to do. I don't even know where to start. Like what share a little bit of how you knew how to make these decision of transition and how that could look like for someone that's listening. Well, I think it's, uh, I guess, I guess the, the response is really complex because it's going to be contingent on where you are in your life right now. For me personally, um, my uh, ego construct, uh, my personality, the way that I identified in the world was so cemented, was so in place, was so programmed in, um, it almost took, you know, like uh, going to baseline, going to you know, I always say that there's levels to this emotional game in terms of how just how depleted you can feel and get. Um, there's like the floor level, then there's some basement levels. I feel like I hit a couple of basement levels. I'm not so sure how many floors beneath the basement. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, I was completely in a moment in my life where you mentioned like marital woes. Uh, my marriage was a wreck. Um, I had all, all sorts of personal problems, uh, health issues, uh, gastrointestinal problems that put me in the hospital multiple times, uh, all born out of stress and anxiety. And 
not having sufficient coping mechanisms around life. I didn't know how to handle life. I, I was only programmed to handle it one way, thinking it's gonna be head on and, and I'm gonna have to figure this out and, and I'm gonna have to control it. And in my very obsessive compulsive personality, I'm gonna find the way. And, and it was very kind of like regimented and structured. And, and, and this is the way that I identified in the world, being a, a, a very efficient structural engineer, mind you, which is supposed to keep things very linear in nature, but life is anything but linear. So for me, my, my sort of you know, moment, my, my arrival was like, holy cow, everything that I know to, to do the way that I know to function in the world is not working. And no matter how many iterations of the same thing I try, it just doesn't work. There's gotta be another way. Um, I was very efficient at that point at finding paths to unhappiness. And, and it was informed again, because I, I was programmed and, and this is possibly another conversation for another day, but uh, you know, with somebody like you, I think I could share, it could be simply, intergenerational da uh, damage done, you know, from your parents upbringing and your parents parents upbringing, which now is informed in your current programming, which I know is a little bit too heady for some folks listening to this for the first time. Um, but yeah, there is dysfunctional damage that you can carry that didn't even belong to you. And you may you may have been victimized into because your parents didn't know any better and going back to conscientiousness, conscientiousness and awareness, uh, they only operated from what they knew. Yes, I talk a lot about that as well. So I'm glad you're bringing it up. Yes. <laughs> so it, for me, it was like I, I hit I hit a point where like nothing was working, right? Like at work, yes, I was getting, you know, my nine to five in Monday through Friday, maybe my Monday through Sunday, you know, in my imbalanced life. Um, but I wasn't happy there. Um, so I had a ceiling there. Um, marriage, I wasn't functioning in. As a parent, I wasn't functioning in. My health was you know, not doing well, even though I went to the gym three or four times a day. So I was like, what's going on here? And for me, it was less a decision and more the right people showing up at the right time. Um, you just so happened to meet one of them talking about synchronicities, which was Pastor Josh Bell, which today is a wellness coach himself. So he's inf informed by Christian construct, construct and context, but he's also a wellness coach. So he can kind of bridge both of those things and bring them to his clients. Uh, but he was really my first sort of mentor figure in that very important juncture in my life to talk about things from a church context. He talked about it as condemnation. Caesar, I think you're dealing with condemnation. The things that you bring up, it's like you're self-condemning for people that are kind of not familiar with the word. It seems like a very churchy word, but basically to say you're harboring in low self-esteem, bud. You have no self-worth and you clearly don't have any self-acceptance. We got to work on that first. So that was sort of my, my entryway in just even beginning to, to connect, make the synaptic connections as to, wait a minute, what? Me? I'm a multiple degree guy. I, I have a company. I have a, this beautiful wife. I have a house. I, you know, I have these beautiful kids. Me have low self-esteem? You know, almost like how dare you, you know, in, in, my, in, my, in my ego sense. So even having to come to terms with this internal turmoil and the fact that you're you're compartmentalizing your feelings to a degree that you don't really know what you're harboring. That's step one. And that, that, to me, that was like my, my awakening the, or the beginning of my awakening was like, wait a minute, what? Me? So what I called a chip on my shoulder is actually born out of my, my need for validation from the world because I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not capable enough. 
everything that maybe my mom was telling me at 15 years old through manic depressive episode is not true. I know these things are pretty heady and, and or, or heavy for, for some folks that, especially if they're dealing with it, but I've always say missionally where I'm at in my life, I think I'm a voice for the folks that feel broken. Not necessarily that they are broken because then here, and if you're hearing this episode, you're not broken, but you feel like you're broken and that's a valid feeling. And I offer to you with love and grace that the path to healing is to put those tear ducts to work and let's get those emotions and that crud that lives inside of you out. Mm. And then the magic begins to happen and systemically you start, that, that's really the entryway, at least for me in my lived experience, that's been it. It's like, wait a minute, I have to cry? I have to reconnect with that which hurt me 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago? How, how could that be the path? That doesn't sound very clean. But unfortunately, in order to heal a wound, you first have to feel the wound. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, and you have to, and you have to see it, you bring it to light, right? You have to have that awareness of where that came from. And yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. This is so deep. I'm feeling all of it. I'm just, yes. This is so good. And yeah, I mean, I know that you and I, we, and I, I say this even before we hit the record button, I'm like, I know that you and I could just sit here and talk for hours. Cause it just, it's like, I love having these conversations. I love illuminating these type of topics for people to start getting into this path of healing or transformation, um, getting back to who they are, who they truly were designed to be. And so, you know, without taking up a lot more time, and, and I think it's safe to say that we're going to have to have a part two of this episode. <laughs> Or we're going to get people on your podcast because you do, because Cesar, Cesar, I want to say Cesar, because I, I want to feel like I'm Latina for today. Um, Cesar does have a podcast as well. I want you to, you know, mention that. And I'm going to have all of the links and, and connection links for you guys to, you know, get connected with him. But he does have a podcast. So maybe part two will be, you going to have to head on over to his podcast to hear our second conversation. But so how would you say, what are the tools? What are the tools that people, you know, I, I know that as a life coach myself, a lot of people come to me, the very, very first conversation that we have is they don't know where to start. And they just wanted to have a conversation with me to have that first conversation, have that first initiation right and like okay where, where do i go from here so if someone's listening and they're resonating right now or they're tuning in because you know they're loyal podcast of podcast followers are fueled by gratitude and we and they love the content and maybe this is like again maybe shaking them a little bit or revealing a, a little bit of what they might be going through what is your advice on like what are the top three things to start with you know so not to be repetitive but for me, the, the awareness component is number one, that, that, which, which, which is that emotional unpacking. Okay, so, you know, what are, what are your long-held beliefs? Um, you know, I think the, 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 the derivative of the word, you know, what is it that you hold dear and you hold valuable? Is it like somebody like myself, oh, I am not worthy. So in order to stay safe in the world, I'm going to create this persona or this chip on my shoulder, this slight to keep me going, which is a way to keep me safe, make me feel like I have love, safety and belonging and I can function in the world in this way. But that's not a a healthy way to proceed long term, as we know, because it's going to create other issues, right? Uh, other ego constructs that are going to be toxic for the people that are around you. And that's what happened to me with my wife, with my children and so many other people. 
So the emotional unpacking through awareness and then the acceptance of the day by day as you're doing the work is absolutely key for me. So just as because I'm speaking into these things like so boldly and it's so near and dear to my heart, it doesn't mean that I don't have the daily and I do mean maybe the hourly work to accept what I can't control because you have this deeply embedded programming around being controlling and being obsessive and compulsive in my in my sort of you know existing programming that you have to circumvent and the only way to do that is by habituating something entirely new and possibly accepting for you hearing this and my certainly for myself is something new what do you mean accept what no i you know it's got to be linear it's got to mean you know go from a to b it can't be go, be going from a to d that, that doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. so just practicing acceptance on a day-to-day basis um that and having this deep trust and for folks that are maybe uh, in, in the spiritual uh, space, I offer, you know, if 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 not of a higher consciousness or a, or of a higher being, possibly that there's something uh, bigger than yourself. We can we can refer to it as that which is greater. Maybe for you, it's just love. So I mean, I know you and I have spoken into uh, elevated emotions um, with uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza coming to mind. He speaks into this quite a lot. But focusing on being more loving and with that be more accepting of everything that's happening around you as it's happening around you real time, literally real time. And then what you, Miss Victoria, do so lovely, be grateful. Mm -hmm. Lean on your gratitude, change your perspective as you're and it's an interplay between acceptance and gratitude. It's like, man, you know, I, I was headed to this meeting, I tripped and I fell on my knee and now I got a bum knee and um rather than getting stuck on those fields it's like change your perspective you know and and say okay well what what you know i'm not what's what's what could be worse than this right now nobody's dying i'm 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 gonna be okay i have a roof over my head i have my my significant other maybe i have a missionally aligned with my job the interplay of those three things the work of those three things because it takes work it's not like you're ever done this is especially if you come from traumatic experiences as I do. I can't uh, own up to, to what I'm saying without without applying it to my own self. It takes daily work for me to be self-aware, to accept what is happening as it's happening real time, and to be grateful for the things that I have despite what I can't control. I love it. I love it. And so can this practice be look looks like journaling? What, how does it, how, you know, is it journaling? Is it tuning in, working with a coach, um, attending events? Like, how can this look for them right now? If they if they're if they're not working with a life coach and they're just like, yeah, they tune in here and there, they're listening to some podcasts and maybe pick up a couple books, but they want deeper. What would you say? What would you say that the fir- the first step, like an action mode, right now? They want to start being more aware. They want to start being more accepting. They want to start fueling with gratitude, right? Fueled by gratitude. Um, what's a move? What's a bold move they can make right now if they're really ready? If this feels like uh, an accountability issue, which it is for most of us, I would definitely lean in on getting a wellness coach. Um, it's said that if you have like, say, 300 million people in America, 150 million people should be coaching the others and the others should be reciprocating. We all need a coach mm-hmm. nothing to do of, you know, our lack of preparedness or 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 our abilities. We all could use a space holder to hold us accountable. So I would start there, you know, love and grace. And if that's not accessible because of financial or budgeting reasons or whatnot, I completely get it. 
Absolutely. I always say, pick pen to paper and let's begin doing some of that awareness and, and uh, emotional unpacking. I feel angry. And not to get, you know, uh, what is it, uh, uh, to, to, to use uh, any, any sort of language, but depending on how you're feeling, pick up that pen and that piece of paper. I feel like crud. I don't feel good right now. This sucks. You know, and, and start, start with, with honoring that emotion. And then you'll find out that, you know, maybe five minutes after you start doing that, it, it'll start, it'll start uh, descaling from, you know, a heated 10, viscerally angry to, well, you know, maybe I overreacted and um, just, just practice honoring your emotions. And you can do that that easily by screaming into a, a pillow, going outside in nature and giving yourself a good cry picking that pen to paper and, you know, writing on what you're feeling, writing on what you're grateful for, also such a beautiful tool as you bring up journaling is something that they could do right, right now. And that, that, that interplay of reflection can be done with a pen and a paper as well. So yes. uh, it's, it's not something that has to be far reaching. And, and, and those are really tangible little things that you can do. There's so many things that I, and I do feel like we could do a part one, two, three, or four uh, yeah. that we offer. Um, but certainly the wellness toolkit does include some growth work, some reflective work. And the growth work could be go to the self-care section at the Barnes and Nobles, go to Amazon and maybe take five minutes away from your scrolling on social media and maybe pick up a podcast on uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza or a Robin Sharma or a Mel Robbins or a Tony Robbins or someone um victoria de may i mean pick on somebody that's speaking into something that's going to pour into your heart yeah positive way and do that on a daily basis you know what is it robin sharma talks about traffic university use the time that you have between uh you know the ride home and the right to work to educate yourself and feed your your mind and feed feed your heart in in constructive ways. There's so many things that we can do on a day-to-day -day basis. And I would offer this as a closing point because I know it, it's, it, it can be, it seemed daunting. Just start out with one small thing, right? It's like small hinges swing big doors. It's not a matter of making monumental change from uh, whatever day it is today to tomorrow. Just start out small, you know, right. do five minutes of journaling tonight and put two, three things that you're thankful for habituate that anew over the next 66 days or thereabout, which is what it takes to habituate something new and then pick something else. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I teach. Yes. We're it. This is why I had to have you on because we're so in tune. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I, I we're definitely going to have to have a part two. I know that we could talk for a very, very long time, but you guys, I just, I wanted to like quickly, to share with you guys this incredible synchronicity that happened. So uh, Caesar and I, we meet at an event and him and I both were at this event because we had both hoped to see Dr. Joe Dispenza. Now I had never met Caesar before. Uh, we got connected through our friend Paula and she, uh, it was at a Rank Makers Live event. You guys may have heard me talk about it. I, I did a lot of videos about it. I, I did a lot of videos. Uh, shouting out Ray Higdon and, and what he's doing in his platform to bring in the work that he's doing and how he is really highlighting a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. So you guys know I bring up Dr. Joe Dispenza's uh, work and his modalities and trainings and teachings a lot because it transformed me. So Caesar and I, we, we talk, we meet at the event and um, we both were acknowledging that we were hoping to see Dr. Joe Dispenza. Well, he was virtual there, but 
there was a practice that Ray Higdon led. It was like a meditation practice uh, that he, he did live at this event. And um, it was incredible. So Caesar and I had connected through this event. We said, hey, let's meet up. Let's meet up for coffee and see how we can collaborate. And we already knew that we wanted to interview each other for each other's podcast. And so about what, it was like a week after the event or maybe even two weeks after the event, we're sitting at a Panera Bread. And I'm going to like hand it over to Caesar here in a little bit. We're sitting at Panera Bread. We're meeting for the, our coffee and collaboration meeting. And he starts to tell me this incredible story about Ray Higdon leading this meditation at the event, both him and I were at this event, and it was basically inspired by what Dr. Joe Dispenza teaches, right? This visualization meditation where you are visualizing something you're wanting to create and call into your life, okay? So I'm going to preface this. I'm going to like give you the intro to this. And so basically in this visualization, you are visualizing so in tune with it though, like with just all your senses, you can smell it, you can hear it, you can feel this event right as it is happening and so ray higdon's asking us think about this think about the situation where you are speaking with a mentor you're telling this mentor what you're up to what you're going to create and then five years later you're seeing this mentor again telling him all that has manifested all that has created so me and Caesar are at panera bread and he is sharing with me how he does the meditation and then check this out caesar finish the story so yeah, we're, I'm, I'm basically at the exact juncture where I'm expressing to Miss Victoria that my wife was angry uh, at me because the manifestation of that initial encounter that Miss Victoria alluded to, where I meet, uh, in this case, Pastor Josh Bell, which we referenced here, is my first mentor, really. Um, at uh, It was supposed to be at the airport, so that was the, uh, the, the, the context in which was uh sort of set up in, in at Ray Higdon's exercise but um the universe manifests what it's going to manifest in the way that it wants to but you'll see the parallel so I'm I'm telling Miss Victoria that if that happened on Friday that manifestation of that initial encounter with Pastor Josh um by Sunday I actually met my my mentor the person that I envisioned and manifested on Friday I met two days later at Winter Park in um a, on plaza avenue um or park avenue i'm sorry with uh, my wife just having a meal and i he was with a with a gentleman and i and i was embarrassed i got into my own feels and whatever i was intending to say to say to him when i met him and mind you i hadn't seen him in about two to three years up up until that sunday i didn't say i only said partially hey i, I want to write this book and i want you to proofread it and it says oh, okay and then i says uh um, you know, go ahead and uh, give me your telephone number, make sure I have it so I can call you out. So as I'm saying this very same story to Miss Victoria, and I tell her that my wife then asked me after that incident on Monday, when we revisited the incident, you saw Pastor Josh, you manifested him, and you didn't tell him the whole story. You didn't tell him that you, this was, he was part of an exercise, and he was the person that you were thinking about, that, and you were supposed to tell him this and tell him that. And you kind of held shy. Why didn't you do that? So as I'm saying that exact same story to Miss Victoria at the Panera Bread's real time, and I say, my wife said, Pastor Josh, Pastor Josh, who was one seat removed from us at the Panera Bread, hadn't been at that Panera Bread for four years, 
takes his earplugs off, puts them down, and turns around and looks at Miss Victoria. Yeah. She proceeds to look at me. At that point, she asks, wait a minute, because she sees the awkwardness of the moment, and I'm, I'm like ne nearly sweating and, you know, compulsing nearly of startle because I hadn't expected to see this man. Um, that was the synchronicity moment, and it was so powerful for myself, for Miss Victoria that witnessed it, and Pastor Josh, that we were... We were visibly shaking for almost 10 to 15 minutes because it was so succinct. It was so exact. It was so precise. It was, Miss Victoria, you wouldn't believe that my wife was upset that I didn't tell Pastor Josh. Boom, he turns around. And yeah, and it's a part of the conversation. We had no idea. Obviously, we hadn't seen him. Caesar did not know he was there. He's telling the story and he's saying how he missed this opportunity. His wife is acknowledged, like making it, making him aware like, hey, you manifested him after you did this visualization. You manifested the opportunity to see him and you had the opportunity to be able to, to do what you visualized in that, that um, meditation and you, you didn't do it and then boom. God provided another opportunity in that moment and I got to witness it. And guys, when I tell you that I was literally my, I mean, my heart was like beating. I didn't know who this man was that like turned around right at this moment, turns around, looks at me. And then I see Caesar's face and I'm like, what is happening right now? And then it, it, I put two and two together and I'm like, wait, are you the pastor? And it was just so incredible. And all this, and the reason why I wanted to share with this share and end this podcast interview with this and this conversation i mean with this is that amazing and incredible miracles start to happen right these synchronicities start to happen in our lives when we really tune in to this to ourselves when we really are uh, when we start to step into everything we are talking about right now in this in this in this conversation if you are just going through the motions and you're not living your truth or getting in alignment with your truth, you are missing out on incredible miracles and magic, right? Cesar, like you're missing out because let me tell you, the miracles and the synchronicities and the magic is all out there. It's just waiting for you to tune into it by stepping into your true aligned self, right? And I, this story that we're sharing is one of many that I've, I've also encountered, obviously different, but I'm talking about in the synchronicities. And that is the power of like, when you, when you know you're in the right path, right? When these synchronicities start to happen, you get these confirmations and your dreams start to manifest, your visualizations are manifesting right in front of you. Guys, you got to get excited about this work. You got to get, if you're not in a, if you're not excited, if you're not happy, like Caesar opened this with, like you, you, you're okay. You're just surviving, right? If you want to be thriving, this is all the magic that's available. Like it's incredible. And it, what was really cool at that moment is I literally said to Caesar, I was like, you know, now that everything you just said in that visualization, in that, in that, in that meditation, you know, it's going to happen now. Like literally, that's what was so cool about it. And that's what he has to look forward to that, that now with, like, he's just faithfully work, working, faithfully stepping in to your calling because it's going to happen, right? Like it's going to happen. So uh, we just wanted to come on here. Thank you, Caesar, so much for just giving a word of encouragement, sharing your story. Definitely going to have to have a part two. How can people connect with you? How, how can people find you? Where, where can they go? 
So the best place to look for me and my wife too is inspireamovement.com. That's all in one word, inspireamovement.com. Um, I have a, a coaching tab newly created if you want to sync up for a convo. Uh, I give my first 45 to 60 minutes for free. Uh, if you want to have a cup of coffee like Miss Victoria and I did, I'm available. Um, and all of our social media platforms are available from there. So that, that's really our hub. Our contact information is all there. Yeah, and I'll have all of those links in the show notes. I'm super grateful for you. I thank you so much for your time. I can't wait for everyone to just go follow you, find you, connect with you, hopefully maybe attend some of your events and retreats that you have coming up in 2023. I know I will be there in support. And I can't wait to just have have you back on for a part two. Have everyone tune into your podcast. What is your podcast called? So it's Real Talk with Caesar, and it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just about every forum. We're only about four to five episodes in. Um, you will experience Miss Victoria as well because uh, we are going to co-collab, I suspect, often. Yes, yes, we are. Okay, so everyone go check that out. Let's download and subscribe and help him and his mission as being a source of transformation for people's lives. And I, I love it. I love it so much. Thank you again. And guys, um, we will definitely be back for a part two. So see you next time on another episode. Thank you, Miss Victoria. Thank you for tuning in to another episode on the Fueled by Gratitude podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this. And if you did, go ahead and share it with a friend. Connect with us on the Fueled by Gratitude website, fueledbygratitude.org. Connect with us on Facebook as well. And I invite you right now to join us on the Cocoon Challenge. If you are wanting to step into 2023 and make an incredible year happen for yourself, get out of feeling stuck, get out of self-sabotage mode, create the energetic and authentic alignment to have the best year ever to create your dream life, then the Cocoon Challenge is for you. Like-minded people on a mission co-collaborating, creating an amazing group energy and accountability, tons of freebies and materials, including the book, Self-Sabotage No More, guest expert trainers, so much more. So make sure to check out the Cocoon Challenge 2023 on the Fueled by Gratitude website.